Good morning. Welcome to our Friday morning chapel. Welcome to all of the guests who are here this weekend, uh, those of you that have come for the getaway weekend. It's our privilege to have you with us. Please take your hymn book out and turn to page 32 in the front part of the hymn book, page 32. And there you will find where it says the creed, and under that, the first article. We'll use that today to begin, and we'll speak this together in unison. The first article, and then the explanation below it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still preserves them, that he richly and daily provides me with clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that I need to support this body and life, that he protects me from all danger, guards and keeps me from all evil, and all this purely out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me, for all which I am in duty bound to thank and praise, to serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Our scripture reading for our meditation today, as found on your bulletin, is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the first three verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. 
These are your words, Heavenly Father. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. They are your truth. Amen. So when you fall asleep at night and your eyelids completely cover your eyes, you can't see anything, and your eyeball is underneath your eyelid, does your eye stop working? No. Your eye still retains its power. It still has an intrinsic power that's working even though your lid is closed and you're not really seeing anything. But your eyelid actually retains that capacity and power that it has so that as soon as you open your eyes in the morning, it's working again. It's not as though you, your eye turns off and on. There's a power that's intrinsically in your eye. I'd like to use that today as a, an understanding of the Word of God. This week in chapel, we've been talking about different aspects regarding the Word of God. The Word of God itself, God's powerful Word, contains and holds this power and retains it even when your Bible is shut, even when you're not reading it. The Word of God, by itself, intrinsically, just has this capacity inside of it. And certainly when it is used among us, it's of a great blessing to us. The text that we have in front of us today reminds us of how God used his own word to call everything into existence. The entire universe and everything that, that is contained inside of it. Everything that we see around us even today. And this word of God is what establishes and creates the physical realm, the material things that we see around us in the world. So God himself is the creative source, the power, and he takes his creative power and puts it into just his spoken word and simply calls things into existence, as we see in the book of Genesis, let there be light, and there was light, and so on. All the things that God calls forth into existence. And so the Word of God continues to have this ongoing generating power even in the realm of creation. And so what that means is when God created things, he created them with the capacity to what we call procreate, to continue the creation process. Not because of anything in the created item, but because of the power of his Word that first created it and brought it into existence now that powerful word continues and any living thing has this power in it that ultimately gets traced back to that first word of God commanding things to now go forward in creation. And so the clothing that you're wearing, let's say you're wearing something made out of cotton. Okay, the very plant that was used to make that, you could trace that back to previous plants all the way back through time, thousands of years, to God's first creation of cotton and all the seeds that have come from that to give the clothing that you're wearing today, the food that you're going to eat today. Likewise, the seed that produced that is part of creation and the, the power that, that allowed that plant to grow for you to eat from or maybe even an animal that you might eat. Uh, all of that ultimately goes back to the fact that God had created things according to their kind with the power of his word initially and that has come all the way down through time for you and us, for you and me to be able to have sustenance today. Your very body, same thing is true. 
the creative power of God's word that first called our first parents into existence and created them. Likewise, their children, great-grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all the way down the line to us sitting here today. So everything that we are, everything that we have around us is because of this word, this powerful, efficacious word of God that started it all and has created the entire process to, to keep going because it has this intrinsic power built into his creation. And that's why God says to us, and why Paul said to the people in Athens, in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. Your very being in life is because of God, even if you deny his existence. Your very existence and being in life, the fact that you're here at all and have a world that you live in, the fact that you have the talents that you have, the fact that you have the intellect that you have, all of that is because of the creative power of God who started it all on that first day when he called everything into existence. It's absolutely an amazing thing. Listen to what Jesus once said. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So the food you're eating, the air that you're breathing, everything is because of the word of God that started in creation and continues to permeate everything we have today. Just in the same book of Hebrews, we hear this. The Son, meaning Christ, Jesus Christ, is sustaining all things by his powerful word. So we, don't, we, we, give G, we give Jesus Christ credit for a lot of things, of course, with our salvation, paying for our sins on the cross, and winning heaven for us, and so on. But we, we often forget about that he's sustaining our very bodies by the power of his word. He's sustaining everything in the world simply by the power of his word. So God's word can, can at times have a very destructive power attached to it. God said through the prophet Jeremiah, Is not my word like a fire, like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? And you can see this sometimes in the Bible in the physical realm where God provides us some examples of this. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to arrest him and they asked if he was Jesus, and he said yes, and he just knocked them flat to the ground. When he commanded the demons to leave the demon-possessed boy and to jump into the herd of swine and they ran over the cliff into the water. Or maybe rebuking the waves on the Sea of Galilee. God's word in the physical realm certainly has a power to it that can be used in a destructive and a stopping way. Likewise, in the spiritual realm, the word of God that we hear preached goes down into our hearts and consciences. It reminds me of the things that I have done wrong. It, it, it pricks my conscience to know how guilty I am before God for lies that I've told and things that I've done and thoughts that I've had and things that I've said. And it pricks my conscience. There's a power that comes with it that goes down inside of us, different than any other type of information. But that's a necessary power for it to do its greater work. And that is the positive work that God has in both the physical and spiritual realm. The positive creative power that God has placed in that word. Let's first of all talk about in the physical realm. We can see that in, for instance, the resurrection of Lazarus, who'd been dead for days. And Jesus simply uses his voice to call him back into existence. Jairus' daughter lifting her off of her deathbed, commanding the mouth and the ears of the man to be opened who was deaf and mute. 
raising the dead man of Nain, the young man, and giving him back to his mother. Those are examples of the power that, God, that Christ could put into his word in order to just speak and, and command the physical realm. But he also does this, thank God, in the spiritual realm for us as well. When his word is preached and proclaimed and presents uh, what Christ has done for each one of us by going to the cross to atone for all of our sins, for your personal sins, the, 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 the grace and mercy of God that covers us and, and wipes away all of our guilt before God, that gives us the sure promise of, of going to heaven, that creative power in, in us that creates the very faith that's being talked about in our text. The power of God, the same power of God that is used to create the world goes into our hearts to cause us to love Christ and to love him and to appreciate all the work that he's done for us and to look forward to having our bodies come out of our graves someday and to be able to get to go to heaven and to live with the angels and all the saints of God forevermore. That same thing that creates that faith in your heart like that, that same efficacious word of God is the very same word that God has used to call everything into the physical realm into existence. And because of that power, God, God takes and uses it every time there's a baptism. You don't just put water on a child. You always use the words of Christ. Why? Why do we have to say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Because it's the word that makes the difference. Otherwise, it's just a, a bath. And we can, we can take baths for other reasons, but they have, has no power to it. But when you put the word of God with it, now it has power. The Lord's Supper, when that is celebrated, it's, other, it's just bread and wine unless the word of Christ is attached to it by Jesus' command. Now there's a power that's put into it to bring you and me the forgiveness of our sins and give us the reassurance that we are God's children. That's why Paul said about the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Not just because it brings us good information. It actually takes our dead hearts and creates faith in Christ and transports us into God's kingdom, ultimately to heaven. You know, when we think about creation, uh, the more we find out about the universe and everything and just how massive it is, the billions of galaxies that are out there, we can feel so tiny and so small in all of this. And we think about the tremendous creative power of God to be able to call all of this into existence. But God wants you to look at all of that through a very personal window. View your personal creation through the cross through the gospel, through what he's done for you, through your Savior. Because that shows you then just how extremely important and valuable you are to this all-powerful God. And it's your constant union with him that he wants more than anything else. And that's why the plan of salvation had to be worked out the way it was. If you think about it, despite the, uh, the fall into sin... God could, could have chosen to save the animal kingdom and the fish and the birds and the plants and the trees and all of that, or even the angels. But the plan for salvation was for people, was for you personally. That plan he put into place to make sure you could come to heaven someday and get to see the immensity of his glory. So, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Enter into his courts with praise. Amen. Please rise.
and we pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for all of the benefits that we enjoy of your creation. We thank you especially today for the gift of your powerful and holy word that has entered our hearts to create faith in us. Help us always to appreciate and treasure that precious word that brings us the knowledge of our Savior that we may someday stand in your presence forevermore. We ask it all in Christ's saving name. Amen. And now may this powerful God of your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in peace. Amen.